You are now tuned in to episode 85 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I am Scott Sturman, and I am joined on the phone by Matt Deitch. Matt, what's happening, man? Not much. On the phone again. On this the is, phone I don't again. Know, this is getting kind of weird. I, I'm personally liking it. I don't have to smell you. I'm still always the best guy, uh, best looking guy in studio. I, it's not the worst thing that's ever happened. Well, yeah, I suppose it's not. But I just picture you after we get done recording, sitting around and pushing play on one of them on a radio and just that song all by myself comes thought, on, and you're just sitting there, maybe put some glue on your face like that teacher on Happy Gilmore or yeah, Billy Madison. I thought you had busted me when you were saying uh, I picture you. I thought you knew that I was in my underwear right now. And, <laughs> you uh, do that sometimes when we're in the studio together. So <laughs> well, that's what gets you over. Yeah, I'm like, damn, right, that's some done. Pants it's on. done. It's done. No. Put some pants on. Golly. All righty. Well, uh, yeah, that's no. Only, that's only when we record on Fridays when it's casual Friday. Yeah, casual Fridays, dress for success. <laughs> no no uh obviously uh matt's joining again by the phone uh my wife is finishing up her last week on quarantine she's upstairs i'm living downstairs right next to the podcast studio i'm actually uh sleeping 10 steps away from it but uh no we're uh we're getting through this and uh to err on the side of caution uh matt uh, is joining through the phone again so yeah, hate to bust it to you, but we will not have a guest tonight because I don't know how to do more than uh, more than one phone call. I don't know if there's some way to do a group chat or whatever, but no, this is what we got, and uh, we're we're rolling with the punches, and yeah, it is what it is. So yeah, we we'll have to get somebody lined up for our post quarantine show or something like that. Oh, we will, we will. No, it's going to be, once we can get back into action of actually interdu- uh, interviewing some anglers, we're going to. We're going to go all out. We're going to get the best dudes. Right. Not saying that we haven't had the best dudes. We but... always have the best dudes, but I mean, we're not going to resort to like Lorith and Euler and those guys. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't going to say it. Somebody had to say it. But I, 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 I knew what you were thinking and that's, that's why I said it. So <laughs> nope. No. Uh, and, and for those of you guys uh, that do not follow me on my personal social media account, uh, I'm now a dad again. Uh, you know, yeah. last uh, last episode we were sitting here talking about uh, how my wife had gone into the hospital and, and this and that and whatever, and uh, I got tested for COVID, tested negative, and uh, yeah, next day uh, I get a call uh, Tuesday morning that says, hey, Scott, I uh, think it's time. You better start coming to the hospital, and a few hours later... Uh, three pound 15 ounce baby boy so pretty crazy well that's awesome i mean he looks like he's doing good he is he is uh yeah he he's obviously uh three pounds 15 ounces 10 weeks early which is a whopping big baby for 10 weeks early right but and, um, and bigger bigger than any fish that's any bass that stew the new ever catches so. oh wow shots fired <laughs> sorry stupak but <laughs> no yeah no he uh He's doing good. He's doing good, as, as good as what he possibly can. He's on a CPAP machine uh, that helps him breathe. And uh, actually, on Saturday, he was off of it, and uh, they decided that uh, it was just too much work for him to uh, to keep himself breathing, and they needed to channel that energy towards growing. So he's back on the CPAP right now. But, you know, I, 
it, 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 that doesn't really bother me. I don't think of that as a step back. Uh, I think of it kind of as cheap insurance to make sure that he that he stays breathing and whatever. Because uh, they'll the, those young babies like that will kind of have these apneic spells where they quit breathing and and stuff like that. And I was actually in the NICU the other day, and holy moly, like I I about had a panic attack. Yeah, that's that's crazier than uh, when a big fish gets off boat side. Oh, uh, definitely. I can yeah. definitely believe that. Yep. No, but uh, no, that's that's the update with us, uh, Matt. Uh, you've got some updates. Uh, well, not not really updates, but you're kind of starting to get back into somewhat of a normal schedule with school on the horizon. Yeah, we start next week. Yeah, in school, we're meeting with the kids. I mean. A few things to the schedule looks like it's going to be changed up a little you know kids always used to be in the gym in my elementary gym before school and then they'd go to their classrooms but now the kids are going right to their classrooms this year you know um obviously this more disinfecting and trying to keep with the social distancing stuff but from what we've been getting told it's pretty much back to what we normally do and just be prepared if we got to go to a hybrid plan where we're we're doing some online stuff, but I'm keeping my fingers crossed, and I think all the other teachers are, that we can kind of have a successful start to the year and get to see some of these kids. I mean, uh, I really get to you get to miss them. Well, it's been a long time I, since you've whizzed a young kid with a dodgeball in the head. Well, right. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I've really missed that much part of it, like the <laughs> feeling bad after hitting them one pretty good, but. No. You know, you see you see some of them out in the community, but you don't see them all, and so you kind of you, you see one, and you're actually more super, you're excited to see them than what they are of you sometimes. So yeah, no, I believe I'm, that I'm ready to get going. Yep, absolutely. So well, hopefully, like I said, knock on wood, we can get it going, and I don't know. Hopefully, everybody has a successful start to the school year or wherever they're at, and we can get over this stuff no kidding i think i think everybody all the way across the country all the way across the world just needs stuff to start returning back to normal for all of our mental sanity i mean it just i mean yeah it it it's crazy you know we they're they're talking about canceling football you know canceling canceling uh you know college football and whatever and and uh well i think i think it is coming oh yeah so do i so do i uh i and you know, I had seen I had seen a post today that uh, Iowa and Nebraska were the only uh, schools in the Big Ten that voted yes to play uh, this fall. But then I saw that that wasn't true, and I saw that some of the schools in the Big Ten were thinking about dropping out of the Big Ten and going and playing for the Big Twelve. And then I heard that that wasn't true. So, just like everything else in the whole entire world, you can't believe a dang thing you read. Oh right, you just never know what's going on. Nope i I don't. I have no clue what's going on. But you know what I can tell you is going to go on. We're going to have a tournament on the Fish Donkey app. That's right. The Midwest Angler Podcast Walleye Classic 2020. The Walleye Classic. The Walleye Classic because all the other good names were pay, uh, were taken. <laughs> no, I like it. No, it's all right. It's all right. So uh, no, but that's what we came up with and. Uh, that's what we're uh, that's what we're rolling with, and uh, if you haven't actually seen our Facebook page in the last couple of days, uh, we're getting some pretty cool stuff uh, getting donated to us. So uh, can't yeah. beat that. Um, yeah, we we originally decided that we would throw up two hundred and fifty dollars 
to uh, the first place angler and a random $50 to uh, a randomly drawn spot in the field. And what we'll do is, I, I think I mentioned this in the last episode, if there's, you know, 35 people that enter, we'll put one through 35 in a random, random uh, drawer and, you know, say it's 27. Well, whoever's got 27th place gets it. And uh, we actually had a $100 Cabela's and Bass Pro uh, gift shop uh, Bass Pro Shop gift card uh, donated from Mike Rodman. I think Mike lives out in Wyoming, but uh, he's a, a Pass Pro on the uh, Hooked on Hardwater deal, and I think he just, uh, I think it means a lot to him, so I think he decided to go with it. So that's awesome. Yeah, it is. 100 bucks. So that's 350 bucks. I mean, hey, who? if, if you're going to be fishing anyways, you might as well fish for 350 bucks, right? Exactly right. And even if you don't catch much for fish, as long as you catch a few, you you know, you could be in there for that random drawing too. That's right. And if you kind of suck at fishing like Matt, there we got a prize for you too. That, That's right. That was a joke, Matt. That was a joke. You're better than I am. <laughs> I, I, I can admit that today. Yeah. I can admit that today. So, uh, no, we got another cool uh, deal thrown in the mix uh jim gerard who uh formerly glacial lakes outdoors uh up there in south dakota um practically one of the best ice rod uh makers him and andy stromsness uh, uh did glacial lakes outdoors i mean their king perch rod was basically freaking famous all the way across the ice belt and he is going to make a custom ice rod in the king perch blank midwest angler podcast themed for the person who gets the smallest stringer of three walleyes. That's right. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that it is. So if you're sitting here thinking, hey, I can't beat some of these guys, you're probably right. You're probably right. You probably can't beat anybody with that attitude. But there's hope for you. You could get yourself a custom ice rod. <laughs> yeah, by catching some small walleyes. Okay, so here's one for you, Matt. Here's one. If, if you enter... Are you going for first place, or are you kind of bowing out on first place, or are you going after the ice rod? Oh, I'm going first place. You're going first place? All right. If you're not first, you're last. (laughs) That's a Ricky Bobby right there. In in this case, if you're last, you get a sweet prize, too. (laughs) If you're last, you're not first, but you're close. You're better than (laughs) second place. (laughs) I'm wondering if this is like a strategy on Jim Bernard's part to make make himself a rod. That's not a bad idea, neither. Because, you know, he catches small walleyes all the time, doesn't he? Well, him or Magnuson. Yeah. I think I think what actually, when he decided to make it, uh, when he decided to make it last place is when I told him that it wasn't a team tournament because I think Jim's always so used to having his wife carry him. That's that true. She, you know, they, they could walk away with all the prizes here. They could. They, she could get first and he could get he last. He could get last and then they could that. potentially even win the random draw. <laughs> there's hope for you jim there's hope no but that's awesome that he's awesome i was i was jacked up when i saw that message from yeah him. no doubt yeah the reason that we couldn't do this last night is uh i got home from the nicu and me and matt had kind of planned on recording and my fire uh department pager went off and we ended up fighting a, a shed fire until pretty late and so yeah hey it didn't work and uh so we're coming at you the day later but uh Hey, that's fine. That's fine. That's right. That's fine. Now, now talking about the tournament, what is it? The stringer, 
explain the rules again. I will explain the rules to you right now. Uh, What we're going to do is uh, the best stringer of three walleyes. And uh, on the Fish Donkey app, uh, you need a non-foldable bump board. And uh, we're going to make that be either a, a good sturdy plastic one. We'll let that slide or a metal one. Uh, no, no stickers, no tape measures, no, you know, flimsy tapes or anything like that. It's, it's got to be a solid bump boards that we know that you're not folding it up underneath. And that's per fish donkey rules. And, and I fully support that. Um, and, uh, so what, what you do is you download this fish donkey app and, uh, you know, if you've listened to this at all, you've heard us talk about it, but you download the fish donkey app. You find our tournament. So if you would download it, you'd click fish in tournament, and then you can just type in Midwest angler and our tournament will show up. You're going to pay $10 to us, but I think it actually ends up being like $11 and uh, fish donkey takes that $1 there. And, uh, so blah, blah, blah. Um, so what you do is you take a picture of your fish on the board and, uh, it'll automatically tally it all up. Your best three fish is is what it's going to be, uh, quarter of an inch, uh, inch measurements. Um, yeah, I don't know. Singles tournament, um, any, any, any body of water, public, any public body of water, wherever you can find walleye. So, I mean, if you, if you want to be out in Fort Peck, Montana, you go right ahead and be out in Fort Peck, Montana. If you want to be on Lake of the Woods being Lake of the Woods. The only, I mean, I would definitely be open to having Canadian people do this also, if there's any Canadians listening, but I don't know how to send money, uh, you know, across borders and whatnot. I don't know. Maybe you can do it through Venmo. I'm not sure, but you're getting American dollars. So <laughs> if, if, if it's just as simple as Venmoing it, I'm, I'm all game to do it. But, uh, if it's, if it's not, then yeah, I don't know. Probably, I don't know. Probably stick to just the United States, don't you figure? Probably. Wow, well, that's already what I got on there. So we're going with the United States, and then them boys up there at the Casting Deck Podcast can't beat us. <laughs> that's that'd right. be a, that'd be a mess. We'd never hear the end of it. <laughs> but uh, no, I don't know. I think I pretty much got everything covered there. I, I'm trying to think of what else. I mean, well, and the great the great thing is, like we said before, is you're making a small donation to a great organization. Oh, that's exactly right. And I think of it as a raffle ticket. Truly think of it as a raffle ticket. I mean, you're paying $10 to win $50. No, are you going to put a new down payment on your house out of the deal? No, you're not. But guess what? Like you say, you're, you're supporting an awesome cause. You know, there's a lot of people that, you know, talk to me, Hey, how can I, you know, how can I support hooked on hard water or whatever? You know, I always tell them sponsor a boy. You know what? Here's another one. Enter this tournament. Yep. Perfect. Do so, both. Do both. And then go fishing. And that's right. You know what? If, if you can only fish one day out of the 10 days that, that this tournament is, that's fine. You only got to fish one day. If you want to fish every single day, go ahead. Fish every single day. So it's I don't. Cheap. It's, it's cheaper than buying snacks for your one day fishing trip. Exactly. Exactly. And especially your snacks. That's right. Seven cheese witches, two Twinkies, and a ho ho. And Matt. Spend more money on the, on them snacks and what it cost you to get into this tournament. So wash it down with five monster energy drinks, right? Are you an energy drink guy? No. Never ever. No. You've never had an energy drink ever. I'm sure I've had like a Red Bull or something like that in my life, but 
Did I ever tell you about the time that I drank one of them big cans of Monster? Wow. Uh-huh. Well, I'm going to quick tell you that. It, it's totally non-fishing related, but I'm going to tell you this story. So, me and Eric went turkey hunting. And <laughs> me and Eric went turkey hunting up at up on some public ground, top of the 250, if you know where I'm talking, Matt. But, uh, yep. so, I pound one of these Monster Energy drinks, like a big bugger, on the way over there. You know, I'm feeling good. You know, I'm freaking running up the hill, carrying a blind and chair and everything like that. I get up to the top and we're sitting down and like all of a sudden, like my heartbeat's like pounding in my ears and I'm like, oh gosh. And then all of a sudden the world got really small on me because I realized like there isn't a road close to us. If I have a heart attack up here, like my little brother isn't going to be able to carry his fat brother out of here. Like, you know what? You're going to have to send in a helicopter here, guys, because that's our only option. And then, you know, you start kind of panicking, attacking and whatnot. And I don't think I've touched one of them buggers since. Like, I don't know. Energy <laughs> drinks aren't for me. They, I don't know. I, that was the end of that. So, yeah, there's a little energy drink tangent uh, on a fishing podcast. But, hey, it's our podcast. So we can talk about whatever the heck we want. That's right. That's right. So, uh, no, that's our uh, back to our tournament. That's our tournament. Uh, God, I know I'm forgetting a million things and I should really be writing down more notes and whatever, you know, like that's kind of, you know, I made that, uh, I made that flyer that we posted on our Facebook page, you know, a couple times now and you feel like you've covered everything and then you post it and then somebody asks a question and it's like, Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Right, but that's the great thing about people asking questions. We want you guys to ask questions. Oh, for sure. I appreciate that. If you have a question about the tournament that maybe we didn't cover, it can give us an aha moment. Like, oh, yeah, we better put that in there or something. Right. You know, you want to, like, write, you know, a whole entire page worth of, you know, little pointers and, you know, rules and all that sort of stuff. And then it's like, well, no one's going to read all that. And then you turn around and have people ask you the questions, and it's like, oh, I should have wrote more. And then when you're actually thinking, all right, here, I'm going to write more, you can't remember what to write. And I don't know. It just, for a person like me who's too scatterbrained, it just doesn't work. <laughs> so here. so ask us. Seriously, guys, uh, you know, if, if you know us personally, send us a text message, write something on the page. That's probably the best way to do it, write something on the page, because that way uh, – other people, if they've got that same question in their head, they're going to see that you've that you've asked it, and you know maybe maybe we'll answer their question right along with it. So exactly right, August 29th to September, what is that? Seventh. Seventh, I believe. I think I think that should be like nine or ten days of fishing. It's a it's a Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and that is. Labor Day. The, the holiday that I couldn't remember in the last episode, and you hear you come through in the clutch. You know your holidays, Matt. Well, I'm a teacher. That's right. You're I a get teacher. Out of school. I want to get out of school before <laughs> Memorial Day, and tell you the truth, I'd rather start after Labor Day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so nope. that's how I remember them. Yeah. Well, coming through in the clutch with the holidays again. So that's right. That's our tournament. But uh, let's talk about another tournament, Matt. The uh, National Walleye. Uh, it's a National Walleye Tour, NWT, yep. National Walleye yeah, Tour. NWT, Corey Sprangle picks up the win again. Right. This guy is, is – can I come right out and say this is the best walleye fisherman possibly ever? For, I, you know, to start off a career, I mean, between 
there's some good ones out there, some guys that have been around for a long time, but for as young as he is and I don't know, all the success that he's had, I mean, if he keeps going like he is, he's definitely going to be in the talks for the best ever. But, I mean, like, say he retires right now, says, you know what, I'm not fishing anymore. I'm going to start riding dirt bike. How do you, like, in the grand scheme of things, how do you disprove that he that he isn't? I mean, how, how do you say he's not? Right. I, it's, it's tough. I mean, like I said, he's up there. You know, he might not be on the top of the career rings and stuff like that, and some people will go by that. But I don't know for as long as he's been in, and all the success he's had, you can't argue with how good he is. Now, I I don't know. I don't know how old he is. I should. I don't dare even. He's under 30. I, I, under 30. So so he's under 30. I don't know how long this National Walleye Tour has been, been around. But you're talking about a tour that only has four tournaments a year. Four tournaments a year. And he has won, in his career, just short of half a million dollars. $490,447.52. That was his ninth top 10 in his 18th top 20 in a tournament series that only has four tournaments a year. 18th top 20. That's crazy. That's incredible. Like, if if this guy shows up, he is he is going to make money. Like he is going to make money. Like it. Well, yeah. There's there's no doubt. Usually, if you know he's not in the top twenty for sure, if let alone the top ten, people are like, what happened there? Yeah. I mean, people are expecting he's going to be one of the front runners, no matter where they go. That's the cool thing about it. It doesn't matter if they're out in South Dakota, up in North Dakota, out in Michigan or Ohio. He is always gonna be there in contention i don't i don't know how he i don't know how he does it i i mean there's some i'm telling you on that national walleye tour you know when you think about the national walleye tour if you just think about walleye fishing in general a lot of times you know it seems like it's you think about older guys you know having success at the walleye fishing it just it just seems like it's an older man's game or older person's game if you know what i'm saying yep yep and but you think about some of the young talent that's in the national walleye tour with him you know guys like max wilson dylan newsbaum uh they're just john hoyer yeah john i mean there's just a ton of young guys that are extremely extremely good fishermen is it the electronics do you think that these young guys have just mastered electronics for as long as they've been fishing. They've had spectacular electronics. And, and you know, I mean, let's not beat around the bush here. These new electronics are not easy to, to run. You know, you just don't hop in the boat, flip them on, and, and do it. You know, they talk about that a lot, you know, on the bass fishing side of things, you know, that these young guys are so good at electronics. And I think that's got to be what's going on here with the walleye guys too. I mean – like you said, a lot of these pro walleye guys are are that, you know, 40, 50, 60-year-old range, and now some of these young guns, you know, 25, 30, you know, whatever, they're, they're kicking ass, man. Right. And, you know, I think the electronics has some part of it, but I also think that some of these young guys are, you know, 
they're willing to try a lot of different technique that maybe the older guys, you know, they're kind of setting their ways. Just we're either going to catch them this way or we're not. Where the other guys, you know, they're out there trying a lot of different new stuff to walleye fish in, like cast, you know, like where guys are like, man, yeah, you can cast to catch them sometimes, but some of these guys will go out and cast all the time. Right. And, and I think too, that I just, I just think that like their drive, I mean, they live and breathe it. I mean, it's, it's a dangerous thing when a younger, younger person gets into something and like that, and it just consumes them and that's all they want to do. And they got that drive and, you know, they put in the time they're out there when they're not fishing, they're thinking about fishing or they're studying ways to, you know, become better at it. And I just think that's what's happening with some of these guys. Well, and, and, you know, I mean, if you're a young enough guy that you aren't married, you haven't established a family yet. I mean, you got a lot of time to be out there, you know, spending time on the water where, you know, some of these older guys, you know, they do have families, they do have wives and, you know, lives that demand them to be off the water a little bit more. Right. And they're getting into the, a lot of those guys have gotten into like the business side of it. Right. Right. You know, they've, they've earned the right to, you know, whether some of them have TV shows or they're going around and traveling for products and stuff like that. But I don't know. It seems like all them younger guys, like I said, and it doesn't have to be just younger guys, the older guys too. If you have that drive and that want, and I mean, you're willing to hustle like they do, man, you can see it with the success they're having. Right. And, you know, you mentioned something too, that I, I really think you, you're spot on with is, uh, you know, these younger guys starting to use some techniques and tactics that, that maybe some of these older guys that are a little bit more set in their ways, you know, they've been out on Green Bay before, and this is how we caught them last time, and, and you know, whatever. It, you know, you go up to Green Bay and you have success the 10 last times you've been up there, it'd be pretty hard to show back up to Green Bay and try something completely different, but, you know, a lot of these, you know, I, I feel like a lot of these walleye guys are starting to realize that some of these bass baits are are also working with the walleyes too. And, right. and, you know, me and you have talked about that before, Matt, you know, don't necessarily, you know, we see it a lot on Facebook where, you know, somebody says something like, you know, hey, what should I be doing here? Or, you know, I'm doing this, you know, what should I be using for that? Whatever. And, you know, sometimes you just got to go out and figure out what you do best, what right. you have confidence in and, and make that work. You know, it just, you know, I mean, you, you think about even Corey Sprangle, you know, you could ask Corey Sprangle, Hey, what would you be throwing if you were to go up and fish on Sakakawea right now? And this is what he's doing. And he might have success with that. And you could go out there and do the exact same thing. And, and if you don't have the right twit, uh, you know, twitch of the wrist or you know if you don't exactly know what you're doing following stuff like you, you might not catch him and he might knock him dead you got to right. do what you do best that's right i mean stick with what you're confident at and you know don't let other people tell you what you know what you should be doing and change up all your stuff and then you know like you said all of a sudden you start doing what everybody else is saying they're doing and you don't have success with it you start to second guess yourself right and then you totally forget about what you had success at. And then it's like, you know what, I'm going to go back and I'm going to do this. And all of a sudden you start having success with that again and you start gaining that confidence. 
Have you have you ever had something, Matt, like that that you personally did, and either somebody hopped in your boat and said, you know, hey, why are you doing that, or or you read something somewhere along the line, and all of a sudden you you kind of switched things up and and you looked back and it was like, I think I was having more success doing it that way. A couple of times, actually, I, one actor on this. When chatterbaits first came out a long time ago, I started fishing a chatterbait. And I would go to, like, ponds and fish from the shore, and I was having tons of success with them. I would catch a lot of fish and a lot of nice fish with them. And one time I was working with somebody who, you know, I look up to as a fisherman and take their, what they do. They've done a lot more bass fishermen, bass fishing than I do. And they kind of, like, were talking trash on a chatterbait. And, like, <laughs> oh, you know, they were just like, oh, you know, like, oh, I know a guy in the club that I fish with that throws chatterbaits. And he's like, oh, yeah, he's kind of like, uh, not a hillbilly, but, you know, he just kind of like, oh, yeah. He was kind of like looking down on it. And I was just like, oh, man, do I really want to say that I throw chatterbaits a lot and had a lot of success with them? So then, you know, I kind of was like, all right, maybe I shouldn't fish with these chatterbaits then as much. Maybe they're not as good as what I think they are. That guy you know, doesn't want to meet me in a dark alley. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> well, so then you kind of second guess yourself there. And then uh, every once in a while you might throw one and, you know, you'll have some success with it. And next thing you know, some of the guys on the tour start talking about them again. And now all of a sudden, boom, they're really popular. Now everybody's throwing them again. So I don't know, it's something like that, and you kind of look back at it like, why did I ever stop throwing them? I always was having success with them. You know, I just heard somebody that, you know, you kind of looked up to talk down on them a little bit. And so you just kind of go away from them. Yep. You know, I've had that too with like, like I used to run braid on everything exclusively on my bait casters, on my spinning reels and stuff like that. And then, you know, I was fishing in a tournament here as a co-angler at the, at the, at Okaboji, And that's a real clear water, body of water. And one of the people I was fishing with was like, you need to stop throwing that braid, you know, because I had the high-vis braid on, and it's like in this clear water. Well, I wasn't running a fluorocarbon leader. People weren't doing that yet. And now all of a sudden, so then I was like, well, I got to go all the straight fluorocarbon on everything. So then, you know, you spend your money and all the expense, and, you know, it takes you a while to get used to how baits, how different your bait reacts on fluorocarbon line to braid. And then pretty soon now, all of a sudden, the popular thing now is everybody's going to the braid right. on everything. You know, it's like Seth Fighter having some videos about it, like how he throws braid on everything with a fluorocarbon leader. So you just kind of go back to yourself and it's like, well, yeah, you know, my hookup ratio was better with the with the braid, the fluorocarbon. And, you know, so then you kind of start saying, well, maybe I need to go back and do that again. Right. Yeah, so that... I think I think sometimes we can get caught up with the stuff online, like that it makes us question what we're doing. It's just kind of like, oh man, this guy says that this isn't the way to do it, so maybe I need to change it up. So then you totally abandon it. Then you know you you don't start having you're not having the success that you once had, and then you got to kind of sit there and you're you're thinking like, oh, I'm just learning this stuff. I'm just learning this stuff. It's like, well, why why not go back to what you always had success on? Why change it? Well, and, you know, you said something there, too, like the clear waters on Okaboji. You know, if you get on the Internet and you ask, you know, hey, what's everybody throwing for line? And 
somebody, you know, comes at you with braid or somebody comes at you with fluorocarbon and, you know, you're fishing a completely different body of water than what they are, you know, right. I mean, it, it, it it's, it's a real loaded question. You need a lot more, you know, Hey, where are you fishing? What, what kind of bait are you using? You know, whatever. I, I mean that there's a lot more to that question than just, Hey, what line you using? But, yeah. No, I got, I, I actually got something kind of like that. I used to throw a Berkeley ripple shad a lot, like the pearl white ripple shad. I don't know, maybe in like a two and a half inch down at the river all the time. And I don't know what in the world I was doing, but I kept hooking that through the belly, like, you know, through the head, you know, down through the body and out the belly. So that thing was swimming upside down. And one day a guy came up to me and we were sitting there, uh, you know, kind of talking on the bank and I was throwing it out there and he's like, why you got that thing hooked upside down? And I'm like, I don't think I do. And all of a sudden I look at it and, and I'd been doing it like for a year and I'm like, well, what the heck am I doing? Like I, I'd never noticed, never once noticed. And so I started hooking it the correct way and, you know, just going about my business, you know, fishing, whatever. I truly feel like the Berkeley ripple shad performs better upside down. Right. Is that crazy? No. And, and you know, that's, that's just us going back to sometimes we forget to let the fish tell us what they want instead of what other fishermen say, like we, how we should be catching them. When, I mean, you know, that's, that's the correct way, you know, I mean, it, it truly is the correct way, but I swear to God, like that is the better way that Berkeley ripple shad wants to be upside down. The fish want it to be upside down. I think there's smallmouth in that river that are like, look at that freaking goofy fish right there swimming upside down. I got, I got to go eat him. I think that's what they're thinking. That's what the fish are telling me. That's right. They're talking to you. That's right. That's right. I speak fish language. You know, it's like I said, you got to listen to, let the fish tell you what they want. Yeah, it was, it was an uh, elective my senior year of high school and I took it fish talk 101 and and (laughs) aced it, aced it, just (laughs) knocked it out of the park. But well, it's just like, you know, a lot of people look at some of the techniques that I use for walleye fishing and think I'm crazy for doing it, but you know, I've had success with how I do that. And right. You know, like when you tell them you don't use much for live bait, they're like, they think you're crazy, but (laughs) you know, everybody has their own way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, some people just like casting. Right. And it's funner. (laughs) (laughs) Plain and simple. I don't care what anyone says. It's funner. Oh, for sure. Yep. So no, well then there's that, but, uh, Matt, but did, like you said, always trust, you know, trust what you do, your own equipment and stuff like that. How many, how many times, if, if we've done 85 shows, Matt, is it fair to say that in probably 25% of those shows, we've talked about confidence, confidence right. baits. I mean, this, sure. this comes back to it again. I mean, it's, it's one of those deals. Do what you feel you do best because yep. that, that's what you're going to catch fish on exactly right so yep matt did you see anything about uh keith poche here a while back in that flw tournament i sure did at the lacrosse tournament isn't that wild yeah he had a great first day and then uh, the next day he was ready getting ready to go out and i don't know if it was the next day or it was after the weigh-in or what it was 
they told him he was disqualified his first aid catch was. For what reason? For having too small of a horsepower motor on his boat. Too small of a horsepower motor on his boat. Yes. And he put out a video online talking about it. And, uh, you know, most most of the bass leagues and the bass tournaments, all the way down to club tournaments, usually have a horsepower maximum rule. Like, you can't have a motor bigger than 250 horsepower. Okay. That's kind of a that's kind of a given. That's everybody kind of knows that rule. And he comes to find out that he had a ninety horsepower motor on his boat. I said he's using a seventeen foot aluminum boat with a ninety horsepower on it. And he came to find out that he was under the minimum restriction for FLW because a few years ago John Cox who for a while there was on a tear in FLW when he was there. He won a couple tournaments where he had like a 90 or a 40 horse motor on his boat. And they said it was, that made, gave him an advantage that he could get into shallower water and different parts of the lake than other people could because they had the bigger boat. So FLW came in and put a 150 horsepower minimum restriction in their tournament rules. Well, Poche just figured that it was, you know, he never looked at the rules to see if he couldn't have that small motor because nobody would think that. Everybody knows, like, oh, I can't have bigger than 250 horse. Nobody would think to, you know, look and say, oh, how small of a motor can I have? Because in all reality, what kind of an advantage is it? You know, it's really not an advantage because you're not getting to places faster. It's not really helping you you know what i mean like helping you succeed over the people with the big stuff right now so you know he was keith on his video said he was in the wrong you know he should have looked at the rules but i don't know to me it's an absolute dumb rule i i feel bad for poche and he actually said that it's probably the last flw event that he'll ever fish in again yeah well i believe that so i I get it both ways. I truly do. At first, I was 100% on Poche's side. You know, that's the stupidest rule ever. You know, who's going to do that? You know, I read a lot of stuff on Facebook, you know, that, you know, they're uh, they're kind of trying to exclude, you know, the, the low-budget guys, you know, this and that, whatever. And, uh, you know, I, I was all on board on that. But, uh, you know, the more and more I, I kind of think about it, the more and more I kind of realize that it's not the low budget guys that they're trying to exclude from. It's, it's the extra high budget guys that they're trying to exclude from. You know, like if you think about a guy like John Cox, who I believe he's got two like big time bass boats, and obviously he's got a little puddle jumper boat, you know, he, he, he can show up with whatever kind of boat he wants. That's going to do better for him that day. And, you know, obviously Poche, he's got a big time bass boat and, and he showed up with this little one, you know, Poche said, you know, well, you know, the, it's, it's no advantage to me. Well, if it was no advantage, he wouldn't have done it. I mean, the, there was an advantage for him to get in there. I do believe that it's a give take relationship because he's going to get to where he trying to get slower, 
but he's going right. to be able to get into spots that the other guys aren't going to be able to get into. I, you know, I, I, I see it both ways. I, I, I feel terrible for him, you know, in, in one breath, you know, they're kind of, you know, saying that, like I said, you know, they're trying to get away from, you know, uh, you know, guys having these big time boats and, you know, they're, they're trying to exclude from the low budget guys. I, I believe that tournament buy-in was five grand, no low budget guys paying five grand to enter a tournament. So, you know, I, I think that's all the way out the window. I, I don't know. That's, that's crazy stuff. It, it's crazy. You would never like, like you said, I, I could see where they disqualify a guy for showing up with, you know, that big bass cat with the 450 on the back or whatever. But, you know, who right. would have thought that the guy with the 90 horse gets disqualified? Well, what for? Right. Oh, boat motor. Oh, oh too fast, huh? <laughs> yeah. Nope, well, not fast enough. <laughs> everybody makes fun of that guy until that guy beats him. Right, right, <laughs> right. I mean, that's, that's all the way. It don't matter if you're at a club tournament. It don't matter if you're at a big-time tournament like that. A guy that shows up and they got a 15-horse tiller or 9-horse tiller and everybody's just like, well, as long as they, you know, as long as they got a working live well and all the other stuff meets the rules, I mean, everybody's kind of like, well, look at this guy here until he comes back and he's got, you know, he's got a huge sack and he wins the tournament. Then everybody's kind of like, well, what the hell, you know, and stuff like that. And I think that's what happened with the, with them making that rule because of John Cox is, you know, you know, all these other guys, you know, we kind of people start to look down on smaller boats like, well, you can't, you can't catch a fish. You can't catch it. You do good in a bass tournament if you ain't got a 250 horsepower motor and a 21 foot boat. So then this guy shows up in a 17 foot boat with a 90 horse and, you know, does really well and kicks everyone's butt. They don't like that stuff. Right. I... That's why, that's why I think it's, you know, uh, I think that you should be able to run it if, if, if they don't want guys going back into those areas, then they should just come out of the rules and say those are off-limit areas. So then these guys don't have that temptation of bringing a smaller boat in. If, if, if you can bring in a smaller boat to get there, then all means do it. Then, okay, when they go out to Lake Erie, then how about we say you can't have a 21-foot boat or you can't have a boat over 19 foot and bigger than a 200 and or a 200 horse motor on it. Yeah, because right. If you, if you have a 21 foot boat and a 250 horse motor, it's a lot more bigger. It can handle bigger waves. Well, that's more an advantage than the guy that has a small boat. Well, and and Matt, at, at the end of the day, you know MLF, you know who this this was an FLW Super Tournament, so right. MLF guys could compete along with the FLW guys. I mean big time cat, you know, big time cash for the winner, whatever. Like this is the tournament trail that touts themselves as being the best of the best. Like these are the best bass anglers in the world, you know, bar none, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Isn't at the end of the day, what that tournament was for was to go and catch fish by any means necessary. I mean, if it's legal on that bottle of water or body of water, you know, what, following, you know, state guidelines and whatnot. I mean, I don't care if you go out there with a paddle boat, with a canoe, with, you know, whatever you go out there and you catch the dang fish. Right. That's, that's what, I mean, 
if you if you're trying to make this for TV, if you're trying to make this, you know, the best of the best, facing the best of the best, run what you brung, show up, and go and freaking catch them. Because I don't care if you got a little John boat that can go way into the shallows, you still got to catch them. Or do they, or do they go back to the old MLF days of the TV show when they first started, where everyone had they, the same boat. Everybody had the same boat. I yep. mean, everybody had an 18-foot boat with a 175 horse or like a 200 horse motor on it. Well, I, I you know, I, I think, I, I think, you know, the more and more I think about it now, you know, I'm kind of switching stances again. I'm double crossing, double crossing, and uh, I don't know, you know, now I'm kind of thinking that maybe they really, maybe the big time boat dealers, you know, that sponsored this tournament didn't really like it that some dude's going to show up in a, you know, $25,000 boat and fricking win it. You know, it's like, no, you can't do that. You got to have the $70,000 bass cat in order to win. Everybody knows that, you know, it's like, Hey guy, I I don't know. I, I, I I was on the other side a little bit and now I'm definitely coming back. You, you show up with whatever's going to give you the best advantage if you can't afford it, well, then maybe you can't afford to fish bass fishing professionally, right? Right. I mean, right. I, I can't, mean goes, I can't afford goes, to fish bass fishing professionally. You can't afford to fish bass fishing professionally, and that's why we're not doing it. But for these guys that are getting hundreds of thousands of dollars, you know, to show up and fish these tournaments, hey, that, that's your job. Get it done. Catch them. Yeah, it don't matter if you're in a 17-foot boat or a 21-foot boat. And you know what? There's a good chance Poche wouldn't have won it even with that boat. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, the guy who wins it, you know, from lacrosse there, I mean, dude knew that body of water like the back of his hand. I mean, Jacob Wheeler, arguably, you know, top five fisherman in the game right now, finishing second place. Like, guys, you know, dude can show up with a 17-foot boat. I would have liked to have seen where he ended up. You know, right. just, you know, see, see, you know, then next time you come to lacrosse, Maybe there's a few more guys running the smaller boats. Maybe it kind of turns in, you know, I, I almost feel like they missed the boat there on that because that could have been something, you know, in years forward when they come back, they're like, oh man, you know, lacrosse, that's the place where they're going to run, you know, all the small boats and get into the skinny water. You know, that could have been fun. That could have been a new twist, something different, something that we don't see all the time. And, and they let it go. Mm-hmm. You know, we've we've seen it the last few years. A lot of these guys are starting to run the aluminum mod V boats and stuff like that. Because of that, you know, that they can put them in places where guys with the fiberglass boats can't get them. They can hit, you know, they can bang them off stumps and stuff like that and not have to worry about cracking the gel coat and all that. So, I mean, mean, where does it say, uh, where does it stop now? All all of a sudden, these guys start winning all these tournaments in aluminum boats are doing well in aluminum boats. Are, is FLW going to come out and say, you know what? You can't have aluminum boats. Right. Because you can you can get back into some of this stuff more than what this guy can with a fiberglass boat. So we're going to get rid of those. Yeah. I don't know. I, I mean, but I mean, like I said, Poche, he, he said it. He goes, yeah, I broke the rules without knowing it. That's my fault. I'll take responsibility for it. But it's a dumb rule, and I gotta agree with him. It's a dumb rule. Yep. There shouldn't be a horsepower minimum. Yep. I mean, if it's something where, yeah, if a guy is going out in a little boat on one of the Great Lakes with three foot rollers, well, yeah, maybe it's a safety issue. But I mean, having a small motor like that is not a does not you know 
put you at safety risk, especially on the Mississippi River. Right, right. There's a lot of dudes with way smaller boats out there. And, right. you know, I, I was thinking about that too. It, it was 150, right? Nothing below a 150? Right. When you were out there fishing that Bassmaster Open with Soshi the first day, he was running a, was he running a Vexus? Yep. A Vexus, a tin boat, aluminum boat. What did he have on there, a 115? No, he had a 200 on there. Did he? Yep. And what did what did Harbison have the next day? He had a 250. 250, okay. Yep. For some but reason, was, I was thinking was Soshi some, had... Some other- there were some other guys out there that had, you know, tin boats and stuff like that that had, you know, 115s on them. And I was going to say, there's a lot of those, you know, 19-foot tin boats that they're throwing 115s on, and they'll scoot right along like hell. And Well, and that, that's the nice thing about the opens is, you know, as long as your boat meets their standards and requirements as far as, like, having operating live wells, you know, your lights work, all yep. this stuff. I mean, you can fish it. It doesn't matter if you're in a, you know, a 16-foot tracker. Or hey, 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 a, hey, hey. Or if you're in a 21-foot Phoenix boat, so. I'm just saying that 16-foot tracker might make an appearance if they come back. Damn right. Damn right. <laughs> they ain't going to know what hit them. That's right. <laughs> they won't know because I'll be in last. <laughs> they never <laughs> even knew I was fishing. <laughs> nope, nope, nope. So, uh, no, I don't know. Matt, you you got anything else? Or are you ready to go to good newses? Uh, I didn't get much else. I, that, that's what I got. That's basically what I got, uh, what I kind of came up with uh, going into the show. We've we've covered now, so I don't know. What you got for good news? I got a good newser. Tonight, uh, coming back from the NICU up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota, uh, rolling back into town and... Uh, Right on the west edge of town there, Matt, uh, we've got a creek that goes underneath of the bridge and uh, basically a world-famous chub creek. Uh, best creek chubs in the whole entire world come out of that creek. Everyone knows that. Uh, whatever, whatever. And I see some bikes like parked kind of like off the, to the side of the road. And I'm like, what in tarnation do we got going on here? Like, you know, I, honest to goodness, I was thinking either somebody got hit like, you know, an actual truck hit them or something like that. You know, somebody that was riding bike on the side of the road because they were dumped off to the side kind of a little bit down into the ditch. And, and and then all of a sudden it was like, we got a homeless person living down underneath this bridge or, you know, what is going on here? Nope, I get up a little bit closer. Two bikes parked off to the side of the road. There were some kids down there catching chubs in the creek. Heck yeah. I thought it was awesome. I, not to say one of them may have been your cousin, but... uh. I don't well, know. They, they were, you know, I don't know. I would say in that ballpark of eight to twelve years old, something like that. And they were down there catching catching chubs in the creek. And God, I don't know. Just like when I came, when I went by, it was just. I'm assuming they were catching chubs, but uh, it was just like heck yeah, like you know, freaking beautiful night out. You know, anything in the world they could be doing, they're catching chubs in the creek. So I don't know. That's my good news story for the week. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's good to see kids. I mean, I think we all have kind of cut our teeth on going down to the creek and catching chubs. Yep. Got one? Mine? Yep. Just, you know, we started football practice. Today was actually the first official day of football practice. Really? So it was just, you know, 
kind of fun to be out there and see the kids running around and get that fall feel into you. Like, you know, it just felt like some normalcy yep. back into it. How long we're going to get to have it, I don't know, but we're going to make get, make the most of every day that we get to have it. You start them off with some tackling drills? Oh, no, not yet. They're just helmets. There's oh. all kinds of stipulations and regulations that you got to follow before you can get to any of that stuff. So I figured you just wanted to lay the lumber to a couple of couple of the little guys so you just went out there and hey tackling drills time oh no 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 that was just varsity started we still got a week before middle school started. okay okay yeah well you know what one more that i'm gonna quick throw in there after your football deal uh also you know we we really got to give a shout out to jim gerard and mike rodman uh for yeah. for donating that stuff you know we talked about them earlier in the show but uh you know a hundred dollar cabela's bass pro gift card and and a custom rod i mean those custom rods are not a cheap deal you know it's not like you just oh you know donate 15 bucks like this is the real deal here boys and girls like one of a kind one of a kind and i mean this is a this is famous all the way across the ice belt that that uh perch king blank is so and i mean have you seen jim gerard's hands as soft as they are butter I mean, I mean, you're getting a nice quality rod for, that's handled really extra carefully. Extra carefully, it's, it's like he's got it's like he's got gloves on when he doesn't even have gloves on. That's exactly right. I think that he, I think that he wears gloves to bed just to protect his rod making hands. He moisturizes, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He does. But no, that's awesome that those guys did that. Yeah, no, I was, like I said, I was pumped up when both of those uh, deals g- came on Facebook. It was like, heck yeah, like, I mean, that's that's good stuff right there. That's good, clean family fun, and uh, yeah, we can't stress to you guys enough, you know, join, get in on this tournament, and, uh, you know. Like you t- said, even if you don't want to fish, it's a $10 donation to the Club for Boys in Rapid City, yep. which is just an awesome organization. And you get to follow along with the tournament as it's going on. Even if you don't want to fish, you get to follow along, uh, you know, see who's winning, see who's entering fish, whatever. I don't know. It's going to be a whole lot of fun, and you can't win if you don't play. Exactly right. That's exactly right. All right, Matt. We're going to call that a wrap to episode 85, unless you got something else. I am good. That's it. That was episode 85. We will see you next week on episode 86 later. Later.